Hold on. So what's uh, happening? Video games. It is March first of twenty twenty one. It is. We made it. We knew we would. It's March all over again. A year ago, I was just buying an apartment. I'm sorry, renting an apartment. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not that wealthy. Um, You're gonna make a duplex. I know. I was ready, and I remember I was moving in tomorrow. Actually, on the day and. Uh, a week from now, unbeknownst to 2020 Eric, COVID would hit the U.S. in staggering numbers. And the, the, another... And... You'd be trapped in there. I, I was, yes. The other funny part and, is um, I bought you... I've a, learned things. I, I bought you a housewarming uh, gift, and because of I don't COVID, think I'm ever going to get that. Like, no, the funny part being is, like, you now no longer live in the place. I, I the, the, the that's the, literally... I was talking to Vinny... And I was like, "Yeah, I'm leaving the apartment." He goes, "We never even had a housewarming." I'm like, I'm yeah. like, "Well, you can't, you can't really, you couldn't. It was impossible." No. I mean, the next time a housewarming may happen is if maybe, you know, hoping to the big, big universe that I just buy a house in like five years. I don't even know when the next time is where everyone's gonna be comfy to even do that. But save that housewarming. Maybe I'll be in this, uh, this little other dwelling, and you can just give it to me then. Yeah, I'll, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get it nicely framed beforehand now. Just put in the extra work. Oh, that's very very kind. You can hang By the time it. that you, it's like every year we put it off. You just deck it out a little bit more. It's like a gold trim around there. I'm like, this is it's, really fancy. It's in like a shadow box by the end of it. I'm like, this is really fancy. Um, yeah, I made all that rich, from how are a you? cedar I recovered from a rustic barn in Oklahoma. Um, I'm good. Yeah, it's like when did you go to the rustic barn in Oklahoma? <laughs> uh, you know, just it's like we, yeah, I'm a, I'm a crafty man. Weekend hikes to Oklahoma. I'm very crafty. I uh, I've been seeing nothing but scents, fragrances, candles, etc. Made out of cedar, just with scent of cedar wood. People very big. Like the scent of cedar, can confirm. I don't. I mean, I did too. I wasn't thinking about it at the time, you but I keep like seeing it. It's so frequent. Sandalwood. People like sandalwood. I did not. I gotta be honest, I, I did not educate myself on all the different types of woods in this world, so when I read one time that there was sandalwood for a candle, I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what? I, like, what you I just combine two things and just say, yeah, it's a, it's a sandalwood. What I tell people, because I don't look up the real answer... Um, They're gonna say what I tell people, because I know I'm wrong. I'm like, <laughs> is it sandalwood? <laughs> I know I'm incorrect. Is the actual wood uh, from a sandal worn by a, uh, a a samurai shogun uh just oh. weathered you know by battle um it's kind of gross <laughs> it's very it's gross i um i saw on netflix there was a new series about the samurai and the history about them and uh i started up literally in like the first 10 seconds very bloody very bloody stuff and i just went oh no no yeah Maybe next time. It wasn't for me at the time. There was just blood splattering everywhere, I... gallons of the stuff, and I was like, ah, no, I can... we'll get it next time. You know what? I, I watched on Netflix uh, this, like, a week or two ago. I watched um, – Netflix put out, like, a four-part uh, documentary series on uh, the, like, disappearances at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. 
and it was interesting enough, uh-huh. but by the time I got to the second episode, I was kind of like, wow, this would be a lot more interesting if we were actually talking to people and not, like, YouTube conspiracy theorists for the entirety of it. like, so we watched the video of the elevator, and here's what me me and the, 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 Brad, the Brad band, I don't know, I can't think of the name. <laughs> I always like those. I like watching... I like watching investigative documentaries like those, true crimes. Even yeah. uh, Chef's Table does the same thing. Um, trying to think. Even, uh, I don't know, any other cooking show too. So you're wondering, what do these all have to do with each other? They all have the same kind of conversational flows where they just go, listen, at the time, nobody knew, nobody was doing what these people were doing yeah. on the scene. Like, you have to understand that when the murders were taking place – nobody had seen this before in the department this was one of the first times where all the blood had just been splattered all over the walls i had never seen it before in my life and this was me just starting out as a lieutenant and it just goes like that for almost every other genre of any documentary or investigative series or anything they always start it the same exact way and i always like to make fun of it too where i mean when i'm cooking sometimes i like to narrate myself so Naturally. when I'm making like eggs in the morning for, cause I'm, cause I, as I just said, I stood in an apartment for a year in a one bedroom. I went insane. Um, very castaway. Like I would, I don't know, make eggs. And then sometimes I would just add in a different ingredient. So like I'd put hash browns one time in eggs and I was like, you gotta explain. I'm like, you gotta understand at the time in, in his Manhattan apartment, Eric was doing things and making eggs in ways that nobody else was making. Like you put hash browns in the eggs and nobody was doing that at the time. And um, for him to kind of just make his own cuisine from that, it, it, it's just respectable. You, you just have to respect it. And I love that crap. It makes me laugh so hard. So even hearing that with YouTube conspiracy theorists, where they just go, listen, when I saw the video, I was the first on the scene. So I pinged uh, Mr. Uh, conspiracy 297 and uh, we, we got to work immediately. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are you watching? <laughs> It's it, and then there's like shots of them at the hotel like years later. And like here, here's where it is. Here's the uh, here's the elevator. And then I they, they... I love that. And they're they're in like a sweatshirt and they're just walking with their hands in their pockets, just like kicking a can. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, this is it. Boarded uh... up. Yeah, we came here. And uh, then there's like one point <laughs> later on where there's this guy who's like a black metal musician who happened to be staying at the hotel, not even at the same time as this girl, like a year prior. And people start reading into the lyrics in his, his songs for his black metal band. And they're like, you did it, didn't you? You fucking killed her. And they ruined this guy's life. And he, then, like, somebody's be like, oh, yeah, so, uh, turns out he didn't do it. And it's like, um, but we didn't know at the time. You, you have to understand, we ruined this man's life because he was doing things and writing music that nobody else had been writing at the time. Um, it was just really sus. And I'm just thinking, What? That's going to be the what? flow of, of the uh, the documentary we make about this podcast. Be like, you got to understand, at the time, nobody was making content like what we were making. I, yeah, two friends talking about video games and pop culture. Nobody was doing that. Nobody was doing that. It was that. ground floor work. And, you know, you had imitators. You had big corporations trying to mimic that success. But Eric and Rich were just so underground that they didn't even advertise themselves. They People came to them. Not the other way around. Oh, God, I wish. If only. Look out for the Netflix documentary for it. If only. It, 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 the script writes itself. You could literally just have that kind of script segment just multiplied over 10 episodes just with different scenarios all yeah. the time. But, it's... hey, but I'm glad. 
Um, yeah. In terms of games, we actually have a lot of... We have some JRPG goodness that Rich has played. I really yeah. want to hear about Bravely Default 2 because this will push me over the edge over whether or not I buy the thing. Because I've always wanted to play the first one. I just never got around to it. Um, so, and I've watched and read about a lot of Valheim. Didn't I, uh, buy it, but I watched a lot of it. I will tell you before we go in here, if you do, I got a server running. Um, in Valheim. Yeah. So uh, that's pinned in, in our in our Discord. Um, is is this a um, this is a sandboxy buildy kind of game? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sand, like so, you craft yeah. and you make things. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll start with Valheim because I think it's the easiest to kind of like latch onto. Um, this is, I don't normally get really into these crafting like survival games. I feel like this one just clicks for me in the right way. It's got this like low poly look that's almost like OG WoW or like even like RuneScape-y in a sense but mm -hmm. that's the thing I'm kind of liking about it the most is I feel like it's giving me that high that like playing WoW like 15 years ago did where I'm just like I just want to get a cape and a, a sword that glows like that's the emergence of it like me and uh and Parmesi are playing our friend Vinny and so we just we hopped onto the server we were the first two to fire up that server and the way Valheim works is everything kind of emerges nicely. Like, as you do stuff, you level up those skills. So, you know, like, running improves your stamina, and punching improves your, your, your no-handed and all that. So we're just gathering resources. We built ourselves, like, a pretty decent shelter and started working on um, getting equipment together. And I had already run a little bit on a, another friend's server uh, previously, so I basically led him through the first boss. Like, mm -hmm. I made sure he was ready to gear up because uh, mainly what I found is, like, within, like, three hours of playing, you could really take down that boss if you, like, gear up with weapons and a shield. And mm -hmm. once you have a shield, I feel like that's when the game starts in a way I really like, because the combat is so much more engaging than you inspect, expect. Like, there's a good dodge roll, there's a really vital parry system, and then the, the through line of the game is finding these altars through which you can summon these bosses into the world. Like, the the first boss is Ichthyr, this, like, dear god... And you need to have two deer trophies, which are a random drop you get off killing deer. You sacrifice them at the altar, and then the boss is summoned into the world, and you can battle it. And mm -hmm. when you beat a boss, you get a trophy from it, which you hang at this stone circle in the starting area, and then it gives you a different buff. Like, the Ichthyr buff is, like, I think it, like, doubles your ground speed for, like, two minutes or something like that. Um, and then from there, you just kind of, like, there's different biomes it doesn't level scale you like there are straight up zones, which is something I think I've missed in games. Like the, the concept yeah. of wandering into a place and just getting murdered. I really never saw the, I mean, I can't say that. I, I hate using absolutes like never or always. I didn't really like the, didn't really see the appeal at the time of, um, universal level capping with you. I mean, I got the un I got the intention because obviously if you're spending so much time wandering to places, you don't want to get lost and also you just want everything to kind of be at your speed. And I dug that. I, but I understand Yeah, there's something really appealing about proper zoning. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Like th that's just it. Yeah. I, I get why level scaling became a thing, but part of me misses that era of gaming of like, oh, I went to the wrong place and got my shit rocked. Well, even as you were going to say because I, I remember um especially with earlier iterations of uh, RuneScape and WoW, there were times, yeah, where you would just mess around with the zones and you would just go to any other place and you would get messed up real quick. 
And I like that sometimes. It was kind of a signifier to me to be wary of those areas. For RuneScape, it was the the wilderness. You would never go there anyways because it was PvP, but it was also a zone in itself. Um, there are also other zones in terms of just higher level bosses and ranks. And for WoW, it was literally just going zone to zone in general. Um, and they had certain caps, I think in the tens, like from 10 to 20, you go here from 20 to 30, you go here, et cetera. And, um, I love that because there were times where I just got straight up lost in these zones. I remember in wow, it was Stranglethorn Vale, Stranglethorn Vale, you were stuck there until like level 40 or something but if you had wandered there when you were in the 20s you're screwed because not only was there pvp but there was just hard enemies and um to be lost in such a dead jungly area i felt like that was also some of the appeal of the design of the places that they created like say in runescape 2 um if you're going into some some weird areas that you're going to be totally outclassed by the zone kind of matched that it looked a little sketch and mm-hmm. also there were just people who were big and buff who were ready to kick your ass or just something that looked way more nefarious than you were ready for mm-hmm. um so i kind of dug that more so now where it's like oh yeah now everything's just going to scale to you and now i can run anywhere and they are my level and i'm like well, all right and you can fight like a big ass troll that's like level 10 with you and i'm like well yeah see, right. that's, like, that's fine that's the beauty here is like there are like trolls and shit in this game that all of a sudden you'll be like fuck 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 we gotta get out of here like the the... Yeah, like exactly. I love it just for that, where you just go, "It's a bear." And you go, "What?" And you go, "Run, just run, <laughs> run, run." <laughs> it's it's uh, fun. Like, yeah, that was. I found there are little dungeons in Valheim, and I found one, and I'm just like yelling for Vinny to get to me. I'm like, "Skeletons, skeletons, skeletons!" <laughs> and uh, it's it's just it's a lot more fun to just have that kind of experience. I agree, especially when you're playing with people, for sure. Yeah. The uh, yeah, like Valheim has that area that is the like we're gonna get fucked up here, which is Black Forest. And exploring Black Forest a little bit myself the other night, I found something that uh, apparently sometimes randomly spawns in there, which is, for a while we've been picking up gold and we didn't figure out what the gold was for, there's a merchant that sometimes just appears in Black Forest, and he's got, like, items I didn't know were in the game yet, like he sells fishing rods and he sells little hats. Um, It's like, but don't go into Black Forest. It's like, it's it's a gamble going to black forest and like, get some nice hats there, or you could die there might be a merchant there might be a troll it's a roll of the dice um and, <laughs> and, and yeah like right now we are we got like good covered crafting tables the way crafting works which I, I think is a really effective recipe system is basically it's like you pick something up and then it'll be like oh you know how to make this thing now it's like i picked up a tree branch and i picked up a rock so now i know how to make a stone axe and it just expands in further from there. Like, I picked up bone fragments and a deer hide, and now I can make a deer skin cape. Like, simple stuff like that. And it automatically registers that, in this, and you don't need to learn any recipes or anything. No, it automatically right. registers. Recipes are saved in some some things you can make just on hand. Um, like, you tab over and you can go up crafting, and some things you need to be at a crafting table for. And yeah. then as the game expands outward, there's... Like, after that first boss section, basically, our goal right now is we're trying to get these, these cores that spawn in the dungeon areas and with those we'll be able to build a foundry which will move us up into the iron age like the foundry is like the ironworks crafting table that's cool one of the uh, things that i really liked that i always wish more games would do over time is what wow was doing which was um you had your for any of your crafting you would always have your basic intermediate expert default recipes when you got to that level like they Mm -hmm. would just give you a bunch but there's always kind of those secret ones that you can get to on the side. It's not even secrets, just uh, the side recipes that you yeah, can just yeah. learn to. Um, you go to new towns or something, they're like, oh, yeah, this is, a, this is my boiled crab sausage recipe. Here, here you go. And I'm like, thanks. Just, and, just uh, like that, Mama that used fun. to make. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's so unappetizing and unique. Thank you. Um, 
but I kind of dig it also where you just pick things up and it'll just tell you, hey, you can do this and it'll save it in perpetuity. So that's kind of, I, I like that too. It, it's always just an easy, some quality of life that are good, some that. Mm, also, um, structures, this is, you can go to the buildings, like deteriorating things. But um, the thing I like about it is you just need to repair stuff and there's no resources required for repair. Like you just click on it, oh, you're great. Like, rep- repair. Um, great. And there's a, you click mouse three, I think it is, to disassemble anything. And and it's one click and it just falls apart. And the disassembly looks so slow from what I've always seen. Oh, well, so slow. Well, it, it, no, it's instantaneous. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. And the thing that you're I, unless they fix it, I well, saw houses coming down. Well, it took forever. I, I know what you're talking about. Um, this is what people do for the aesthetic of it, which is everything has okay. a everything has a weight in Valheim. Like nothing can stay uh, in the air without support. So if you want to disassemble okay. a house, it's fun to just take the foundation off and then slowly watch it crumble because it takes forever to do so if you do it that way. Oh, my God. Um, but if you just click on a tile, it's instantaneous. And the other thing that's really good that a, a lot of crafting games don't do is you get the full resources back when you disassemble something. So mm-hmm. you never are, like, missing out on crafting materials in case you need to, like, pick up a camp and move it. Uh, later in the game, you can start making portals and stuff. So at that point, you could set up, like, multiple base camps and have portals to move between them, which is kind of cool. Uh, we're not quite at the, the, the ship stage yet, but we did build a raft last night and we sailed it out to an island and nearly got ourselves killed in a storm. So that's, that's fantastic. That, that's fun. Stories like that though. I like those. I'm also a big fan of, um, even just you talking about the skills and how it leveled. That was one of the things that I also just missing games. I like how there's no set level. I want to say, well, there is, but it's out of, it's the culmination of your skills. It, yeah, it's a matter of like my, my hand to hand is 20 and my swimming is 19. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like elder scrolls had levels too. Elder scrolls did have levels, but they had their specializations as well with skill levels. And I still think runescape oddly enough did it best in terms of one of my favorite systems where it's the culmination of the, I think it was like the average of a lot of your skills anyways. And, um, that was a lot of fun. I like that because it actually forced you not to level up a base stat indicator of what you are in the world. It's more so, hey, you're the sum of your parts. You have to yeah. kind of diversify yourself in, in order to, to get to, to the be high viable, levels. Yeah. yeah, like you can't just level up, say, your accuracy or your stamina and you know get those to insane levels and you're going to be a god. You have to actually diversify your portfolio here and do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um and that was just way more enjoyable. You just get more game out of it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just like that a lot in this game too. Like it's not really direct. It's just saying, "Hey, I'm grinding stamina today," and that's yeah. like the fun yeah. thing of the day. Just I'm gonna go around punching trees to la- to raise my hand to hand. Um, exactly. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to fight these crabs to rain raise my strength because that makes sense, and I'm gonna do that for twelve hours today, and that's that's the day. So I, I also managed to make my first bow last night. But I was streaming in the Discord, and Vinny and John were watching me, and they talked me out of using it completely by by giving me compliments about quote playing like a Chad because he's like, "Are you gonna use that shitty Anglo-Saxon weapon?" He's like, and Vinny literally goes to me, he goes, "I watched Nick fight that same boss the other night. He just stayed back with his bow like a little girl. You beat it to death with a club. That's how you play this game." And did you do it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I there did. you go, Chad play. I have to agree with him. See, that's also fun. <laughs> that's like, yeah I was, you could easily get your shit rocked I, but let's have the fun to just try it this, this shit's gonna spiral quick because Vinny was very close to also buying it and john was like if you get it i'll get it <laughs> and i was like I, oh. I know Vinny. this is Vinny's type of game anyway the last time 
I was not even thinking, because it has some survival elements to it too, right? Yeah. Like, can you just hop on somebody's server and can they just mess up your stuff? Like, are, are they? is it possible to mess up other not, people's settlements not, and things? Not in, yes, but not in, like, a huge way. I mean, like, I've got a 10-slot server going, um, so we still have eight slots open because only Parmesi and I joined it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the other thing I like is, like, there's really no huge risk of losing stuff because when you die, your body drops and it's, like, Dark Souls-esque. Like, you can just go retrieve your shit from your corpse. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. So in in theory, you could fuck people's shit up, but like that's why we kind of have this this seated server going. But why you do that? Yeah, yeah why, I was gonna why, say just get your own server. Why you do that? That's so that's exactly what we did. Um, and I'm I'm gonna definitely mess around with that a lot more because I've been playing uh, a decent amount of it. It's had it's had excellent. It's in is it early access? Yeah, it's uh it's sold yeah. over four million copies. This game was made by five people. Yeah, five people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, um, I've seen the reviews for it. They're all really high, if not near perfect in terms of a perfect also, score. It's a very low poly look, but like this game is it's a vibe. Is kind of beautiful looking. Like the lighting is immaculate. It's some of the best water I've seen in a game. It's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool shit in simplicity that you, when yeah. you take advantage of it. Like you don't need to have the most 4K HD graphics in order to be looking impressive. It, it's pretty good. Yeah, totally. It's pretty good looking. Um, if I had like a working computer to even run it, I would totally get it just because it just seems like fun. And it's just one of those games that you can lose yourself in for a little bit. And everybody, I always think it's good to have a game like that. And there's always one for the current gen. You don't have to pay on a monthly subscription to have a game like this. It's like a big multiplayer game that you can play with plenty of people on different servers and mm-hmm. just skill up and do it at your own pace. But, it's, yeah, it's like I, one of those time sinky kind of games that are, are just worth it. If you, if you get to the point, like, we're doing it, like, we, we figure out with stuff like this, like, these servers are cheap. Once we have a, a handful of people on here who are sending me money for the server, it's, like, $2 a person a month. It's, like, nothing. Yeah, and especially if you just enjoy it. And I'm sure, just because it's an early access, the potential for just more content is crazy high. And this it's just what you is, can do with uh, it. Staffing up big time now. Uh, it's, oh, it's, I'm sure. It's not every day your five-person uh, game development outfit sells four million copies of your launch game. Yeah, it's like, uh, what was that game, Phasmophobia? What was the game? Yes, Phasmophobia. It? Similar. Yeah, similar two devs. Two devs grew substantially. You had to find more people to do it. Same thing with Among Us. Among Us also, a couple of devs Very for a couple of years, team, yeah. blew up. Now you need. Now they need a team. And you need a team for... Uh, what was it? Not even just for dev. You need it for social media, marketing, team, community like, yeah. outreach. Yeah, you just need it for a bunch of different things that you didn't even consider to get in the past. And I think that's so. That must be such a trip for them to go through that. It's like just hyper growth, and you're just thinking, God damn, like we're big it, now. Like, did we re- make the big leagues? It really is like an almost overnight. Like, oh, we're becoming like a big indie publishing house. Yeah, it's, it's just like anything else with any overnight success. For the indie games, when you have somebody who like releases a passion project um, and it ends up just getting caught in the public space and you get thousands and thousands of people just mass buy your game. Yeah, because then the expectation gets a lot bigger because now they're saying, okay, well, now you have Valheim. It's so highly scored. What are they going to do? It's, like, it's a blessing and a curse next, in yeah. itself. Yeah, what's next? I can immediately see that this game in the next, say, two years, when it does eventually come out of early access, 
it's going to be massively popular with plenty of content. It's it's going to be wild. And I think that's so cool. There's just such high potential for it. And the whole Viking aesthetic bit, you could do a lot of cool things and explore that. So I'm pretty excited for it. I just like the whole setting. I like the world that they built. I hate watching people play games like this online because I think it's such a major time sink of my life. And I've been watching it. So yeah. I'm in direct contention with my own views. And I, I think it's a lot say, of fun. Well, you don't want to watch me like punch a boar in the face. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Yes, I would. That's the whole point. Yes, I would. Um, I'd love to it, do it taps that. Into that. It taps into that primal urge of myself where I'm just thinking, yeah, this is nice. Or I'm just having like a drink or a beer on the couch just watching you literally in low poly just punch an animal. I'm like, yeah, this is... That's this what, is at, towards the end of uh, playing it last night, like just, just for John and Vinny's amusement, like I was just like exploring and never unsheathing a weapon, just punching boars and lizards in the face as I went. Gotta, gotta keep it uh, a simple a simple life but a rewarding one nonetheless exactly but how much is that online right now is it like 20 something bucks 20 dollars. yeah it's 19.99 yeah, that's it's on Steam. It, and that's also just a steal of a price it's it's there fucking is, ridiculous it's actually I, fucking ridiculous for how much game you get for that if, if you want if you want to know what type of game this is uh i technically only sat down to play it twice and i put over eight hours in that's it, and that's the type of game it was. I remember um, the very first exposure I had to that game. My younger brother was like, "Oh, check out Valheim." I was thinking about buying it. This was a month or so ago, and um, the very first video I saw on Twitch, this dude was just sitting in a boat and he was just fishing, and it was it was low poly graphics. You know, it wasn't anything crazy, and it was just him fishing, and he was just talking while he was fishing. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna do this for another like five hours," and I was like, "I know exactly what type of game this is. Like, this is just literally a live your life in this type of game kind of game." Um, and I was like, God damn it. yeah, but 20 bucks, not bad at all, especially yeah. for early access. That's a steal. No, not at all. It's very cool. Um, On the other side of the fence to get anime. Yeah. Uh, I want, I don't know what I want to hear about first. I kind of want to hear about strikers first. I'll, okay. I could talk about strikers cause I played a lot of that. Um, all right. Persona five strikers is out on uh PS4 and Nintendo switch. It is a follow-up to Persona 5 developed by Omega Force. Like, one of the many spin-off type titles that uh, Persona's games always tend to get. It is a direct sequel to Persona 5. It takes place the summer after the events of Persona 5, uh, where the Phantom Thieves have reunited. And uh, they find themselves in a, a new conspiracy. The Metaverse is back. Their Personas and the Shadows are back. This time, instead of in the form of palaces, in the form of jails... Um, which are basically like entire cities, uh, twisted by the metaverse because the, 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 uh, the, the Phantom Thieves are taking on tour this time. You start in Shibuya, then you go all over, uh, you go all over Japan. You go to Sapporo, you go to Okinawa. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun road trip romp. Um, and there's, uh, and the overall, the overall gameplay of this, it's not turn-based, is it? It's different. No, it is. It's a Musou game. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, it's also it's not. That's that's the thing I. So, well, I didn't want to say I didn't want to say like. I know they drastically changed the gameplay to be more Muso, but I know that it but kind also, of blends other elements of other genres in it too. Here, here's the thing. Um, it's kind of almost not a Muso. Like if this wasn't developed by Omega Force, you might not even notice it's one because it's so sh like. It's more of a departure for Muso games than it is a departure for Persona. Um, okay. You still form four-person parties. 
and you can use the directional pad to use the baton pass ability at any time. So you're switching between which Phantom Thief of the four in your party you're playing as um, and using their persona abilities and attacking with your guns, with your weapons, with your persona attacks. But as you're moving through these dungeons, you're striking enemies on the field and then entering battle. And there's usually anywhere between like 50 to 100 enemies in the battle. But at the same time, you're entering battles. It it feels more like they turned Persona 5 into an action RPG than they turned Persona 5 into a Musou game. It's pretty cool. Um, and, and I think it mostly works. It took a little bit of time. I think until I was through the first dungeon, the combat wasn't really clicking and I w wasn't really getting the abilities or I didn't have enough ability, uh, abilities for it to feel right. And it felt like it was jutting back and forth between way too easy and like spike, like insane spikes in difficulty. But then I feel like it kind of levels out and it mostly works. And the thing that pulls you through it more so is like the actual narrative writing and seeing these characters together again, it feels like a mainline persona game. Like it's, it's on par with that stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I think more than anything, I'm just, it's cool to see these characters back again in that in that way and there are new characters there's two new party members um w one of them you get immediately who is this sort of ai character um named sophie who you get very at the very start and who exactly she is is basically a part of the mystery involving the whole game i won't spoil who the second character is because it is a it, you don't get this character or this character doesn't awaken into their persona until like 20 hours in um, and it's a, it's a very cool moment. So I, also, he's probably one of the characters that is built around like what you'd expect a Muso character to be built around the most. Mm -hmm. His weapon is um, like a claymore. And for his heavy attack, basically, uh, he's designed around you hold it down and he starts doing like quadruple damage, but his health is draining. And once you turn that off, you have a 30 second window where everything you swipe restores your health. So you can like gamble your health away to do like insane damage. Did the um this game, this specific Persona Five universe, does this have the most spinoffs? No. In terms of say, because I know this one has Persona Q. Well, it has um, Persona Q. Has Strikers. It's technically, yeah, it has Persona Q and then Persona Q two and then Persona Four almost definitely has the most spinoffs well because i know well that's i was thinking of persona 4 with the golden when they had the arena game the fighting game with yeah it. persona 4 there's persona 4 persona 4 golden um persona q and persona q2 um persona Ooh. 4 dancing all night persona 4 arena persona 4 arena ultimax uh there's there's a lot of persona 4 spinoffs but a lot of those spinoffs yeah. are also spinoffs of 3. Like, the characters from 3 are also in Q, and the characters from 3, 4, and 5 are in Q, too. Uh, mm -hmm. And the characters from 3 are in both of the Persona Arena games as well. Right. Uh, because at, at the very least, like, 1 and 2 are a little bit looser, but 3, 4, and 5 all take place in the same continuity. Like, years apart, like a few years apart each, but in, in the same overall universe like to the point of in persona 4 actually um in, in every persona game there's pretty much a point where you go on the quote-unquote school field trip like in five mm. the, the school goes to hawaii in four you actually just go to the uh the town from persona 3 
that sucks. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a fun time. Yeah, we just went to a different town in Japan. Ah, a lot of fun compared to Hawaii. Do you think that this is going to be it for the five series? I don't know. Um... Like the universe with the characters? Because it seems like they... They just have so much stuff for them already. I could, if any, if there's going to be another spinoff, the last thing I can mm. see them doing is a Persona 5 arena. Mm. And th- that's what I would imagine they would do before they moved on to Persona 6. And if they're going to do an arena game, I'd imagine it would be a continuation off the previous ones, being that it would continue that sort of visual novel story continuation and also have the characters from 3 and 4 in it. Yeah, it's almost like its own little thing, too. Yeah, that makes sense. That'd be pretty cool. But um, Strikers is, uh, I mean, it, it's, I think I'm through like four out of the six dungeons and I'm at like 25 hours. That's not bad. Uh, Especially just for kind of spin off title for it. And not I, I have been doing all of the side stuff. I have been, there's like oh. the requests. I've been doing all of that. That stuff's not insanely time consuming. Um, it's mostly just like, oh, I got to jet back into this other dungeon and kill this enemy and grab, fight this optional boss, stuff like that. Instead of doing it the way that you did it before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, there's always one that's like, fight the boss, the last boss again, but now it's harder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess now it's I just, have. it's harder and he has a reddish hue on him this time. And I'm like, well, I've seen this before. Like, a, I've seen, oh. I've seen you guys do this, but it's still got that same I've style. I've seen this before. Like the uh the the cognitive worlds still are, are stylish as hell, all the uh the flair and movement of the Phantom Thieves is stylish as hell, because of the way you're moving through uh cities and stuff. They use the cover system that still existed in Persona Five to like sneak around corners and stuff, like so effectively mm-hmm. just to quickly move across the maps in ways that feels fun, like jumping between like lampposts and stuff like that. It's neat. Yeah, this game is uh. The thing it's is, worth it. It's not just a. It's not just a soulish cash grab. It's it, actually worth it. Yeah, if you're into Persona, it's definitely worth it. The, the thing, it's hard for me to even recommend to somebody be like, I'm really into Musou games because I do think it's more of a departure for Musou games than it is a departure for Persona. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not something I would recommend to somebody who's just like, I just play all the Warriors games. But if you like Persona and you want more of those characters and you are fine with playing a, a pretty decent action RPG, um. This one might be for you. Also, one of the new Phantom Thieves weapons is a yo-yo, which is cool. Oh. She has a really good comboing flow where if you hit attack again just as the yo-yo returns to your hand, it you start like it starts doing damage multipliers. That's cool. Kind of like a cat's creel. Exactly. Just going in for it. That's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad it's not a soulish cash grab, but it's actually a decent game. It is. I'm sure the Persona 5 fans are really going to enjoy this like you have. This one is for you guys. <laughs> this uh, this one Persona 5 fan clearly likes it. I also started another JRPG. Um, Which is insane. I'm actually, before we get into that, I say let's go into the drop first because I, have a fe- I want to talk more about this too, but you're a brave man for even jumping into two at the same time, plus playing Valheim, which is a sink in itself. You're just so, a brave man. I'm so tired all the time. I need to go to the gym <laughs> when, we're, when we're done here. Literally the, literally the sum. It's like, I'm just so tired. I really am. And I'm like, I'm off tomorrow. I'm like, I feel gross. I need to go for a run. Um, dropping uh, this coming week, Sir Lovelot is coming to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on the 3rd. 
March 4th gets Gnosia for Switch. Um, yeah. with Question Fire mark? Switch. It's like, no, I know it's coming out on the 4th. I just, I just, I know it I just don't, I'm not sure about the name. Uh, Kill It With Fire comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on the 4th. Mortal Shell Enhanced Edition hits PS5 and Xbox Series X on the 4th. Ranch Simulator hits PC on March 4th. Anton Ball Deluxe comes to PC on March 5th. Two Point Hospital Jumbo Edition hits PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on the 5th. The Elder Scrolls Online Flames of Ambition DLC hits PC and Stadia, which, yes, is still a thing on March 8th. And Apex Legends is finally making its way to Switch on the 9th. And finally, Watch Dogs Legion's multiplayer mode is coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and Xbox One on March 9th. Speaking of the Stadia, I remember I was reading a an article earlier this week where the uh, head of the product for the Luna, Amazon's Luna, like left. <laughs> and um reminded me of Stadia and I was just thinking what the hell's going on? Keep <laughs> it up, you guys. Like why can't people why can't people just why can't we just make a good product line and just run with nope. it? It's a lot harder, obviously. listen, obviously on the surface, I'm speaking of ignorance here. I know it's a lot harder, but sometimes you just shouldn't something should just not be made. It, like the Stadia it's too late now. Can't go back. You, you gotta do what you gotta your, do. Uh, Luna your... sounded pretty good on paper. You gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes your, just leave uh, it on paper. Your scientists were too busy uh, thinking about whether or not they could. They didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. I gen- well, you know what? It's a it's a thing where I want them to push the envelope a little bit. You know, you're never gonna be able to succeed with anything unless you try it. I'm a, I'm I subscribe to that for sure. It's just we've had. So far, the stadium was literally a clusterfuck, and um, Luna has not even gotten off the ground yet. I don't even know if it will. It's and uh, yeah, I don't know what that bodes for. In the th- I'm, like, I'm waiting for the next box to come. Like, I'm waiting for the next streaming service to come with this because I know there's going to be another one. The, the thing is, like, the tech is there. Like, I think Stadia's tech works more often than it doesn't. Yeah. They they need first party titles because there needs to be a why do I want this thing. Yeah, it's it's the whole problem with it is that or the problem with the model is that even say for the Luna, we're not even talking about a product. Even aside from the product itself, which, again, sometimes either looks shoddy or doesn't really work that well. But sure, with Stadia, as you were saying, or with the Luna, whenever they're showing screenshots of the product in action, you're seeing the same games that you can get in five other different capacities of other consoles or services. Like, it, there's nothing new with it. Um, I think Luna is a little bit more tempting to me than Stadia, because Luna is a subscription service. Stadia yes, and you don't is, need to buy a box yes, for it. Yes, Stadia is a subscription service, and then you need to buy the games. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think that's a good model. Like... The thought of, like, I'm going to buy this copy of this game, and then one day when this service doesn't exist in two years, I just don't have that product anymore. And I have to yeah. pay you a Yeah, and month- I think they even have, um... And I gotta I pay a monthly fee on top uh, of it. Yeah, and they have different streaming packages, don't they? I mean, don't they have the differently priced models for the bundles for how they stream? I, 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 it just I doesn't... I didn't look that far into it, but, like, Luna is a literal, like, Netflix-like service where they have a library, and to me, that is more appealing. Like, that is... It is, if it just... I'm looking for a differentiator, though, a lot of the time. It's just... A lot of the modern-day people who have this kind of stuff, 
Or even say, like, why wouldn't I just get a Series S then, you know? Yeah, like, sure. And get Xbox Game Pass. Get your Pass. Luna. Yeah. Whereas, uh, it's just, there's a lot of other options that are just available outside of the base. I could see the appeal of the Luna, it's just... And, and Luna is making I, the partnerships it needs to make. Like, there's gonna, like, they have a partnership deal with Ubisoft. Like, there's going to be a bunch of Ubisoft stuff on their streaming service. Like, they're, they're making deals with big publishers. That, like, if anything, I think they stand a better chance than Stadia. I still am not going to yeah. hold my breath on that. Not after the main dude of the product left. I don't know. I, and maybe my, uh, I always sound very pessimistic, but I like to think optimistically that maybe the product was pretty much just done or the groundwork was done. And he's like, all right, guys, I'm out of here. But I can't imagine There's another... any person who's in charge of any product who doesn't ride it to, through to the end of the sunset with it. There's another gaming company that needs my help. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's some other person out there that uh, needs my services. And he just rode out and just leaves his baby <laughs> no, there. No, Mary but, Poppins, we need you here. Yeah. Um, in terms of JRPG goodness, uh, Bravely Default 2 to come. It, it is, once again, I will explain this for the folks at home. It is Bravely Default 2, but like an anthology series. So it's like Final Fantasy 2, in which they are not related at all to the previous iteration. Whereas but Bravely Second is, is a direct sequel, sequel to, Bravely to Bravely Default. Default. And that does raise the question, where there'll be a Bravely Second 2, which is also... I actually hope that they have the balls to do it. I want them to do it. Because I thought about it the other day, I'm like, I really do want them to do Bravely Second, and then Bravely Third, and come out with three separate line item title series, and have them all be their individual sequels to their Bravely Default games and their previous predecessors. Come out Bravely 3rd? Now, Bravely 3rd is Bravely 2nd's direct sequel, which is the direct sequel to Bravely Default 1. Brave, and just have it like that. Bravely Default to 358 over two days. Yeah, just let it happen, let it go, and just see what happens with people buying this shit, because I know for a fact... There have been... I always like to think there is at least 1% of the population who has bought this game thinking it's a direct sequel to Bravely Default and has no idea what the hell is going on. Guaranteed. And that's the best part of it. Uh, I'm sure those people exist, but I started uh, some Bravely Default too. And uh, I like I like the first one quite a bit. I'm liking this one a lot so far. Uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar, Bravely Default uh, came out on the 3DS, and for the most part, it's basically like Square taking a swing at doing old Final Fantasy again. Like, it's mm. very much traditional turn-based JRPG. This is, in fact, another Warriors of Light story. Like, we're going after the Four Crystals. Like, we're... No. Um, it's got a very deep job system. It, its main difference and, like, the, the quote-unquote differentiator is the Bravely Default system, which is uh basically the way you act in Bravely Default is every turn you're given one BP, one battle point. Um, you can hit mm -hmm. the right trigger to uh, spend multiple battle points to act more than once per turn. And you can actually go into debt for battle points up to negative three, um, at which point the character just has to sit still for three turns straight. That's to, a cool system. Um, until they can act again. But you can also choose... that. That's the bravely action, is you're, you're, bra you're going brave and you're, you're striking multiple times. You can also choose to default, which is you don't guard or anything or take less damage. You just don't act... And you bank those battle points. And I think you can go up to eight when you're doing that. 
Mm-hmm. And then you could choose to spend those all at once. So, like, you could knock it all back and then act, like, eight times in one turn. Um, and it, it's kind of finding the balance with that, exploiting, like, vulnerabilities and enemies, and using that, like, expansive job system like the older Final Fantasy games used to have. And uh, this game, some people have been knocking on the look. I think this game looks great. The I was going to say, I, I, I saw some people who did not like the overall style. I thought it looked fine. I think it looks no. I mean, it's the same thing as what I saw in Bravely Default. Obviously, it's changed a bit, but it's the same kind of aesthetic to it. it. it I don't expect anything crazy. Though. Like the character models look really yeah. clean. The the painted backgrounds look great. And when you're in a city, you can hit the right uh, thumbstick in to like pan out to a panoramic view of the hand painted backgrounds, and mm-hmm. they look fucking gorgeous. Um, I I always love the style. The first game did this too, but it, it's just fun. The items that unlock jobs for you are called, I think they're called asterisks. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, you unlock them from fighting certain enemies. It's usually like a story thing. Uh, like the first boss of this game is you're fighting a, a duo who is a vanguard and a white mage. And when you beat them, you literally knock their asterisks off and unlock their jobs. But when you knock the asterisk off, it takes away their like visible garb from the job. So, like, the vanguard was, like, this knight in, like, shining armor, and you knock it away, and he's just dressed like a normal villager now. Uh, he's a commoner. Yeah. And going then, back to where he is. And then when you activate that asterisk on your characters, they're wearing that armor he was wearing. Uh, like it, It's like, I, it's mine now. It's, this is it. But I, I always like to change the job right before the next cutscene, cut so he's just standing there, like, in his underwear, and I'm like, look at me, I'm in charge now. <laughs> give, give me he's, a... Uh, recognize this and i'm just like what <laughs> please why are you doing this it's like what that's mine uh, but overall i mean it, it just seems like an overall solid game for itself and i think it's not that long i i'm saying that really I, loosely in terms of not that long i i, 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 I have know. heard it gets pretty grindy um, yeah the first one did but i'm I, I wonder if um and i'd have to look it up i know what the first one you beat it, but then it kind of recycles itself. You kind of have to beat it again. You're encouraged um, to. Like, you don't have Yeah, because that's, like, the real ending of the game. Kind of yeah. like Dragon Quest. Echoes of, like, Dragon Quest, uh, was 11. it 13? Was that 11. the most recent one? 11. Am I thinking about this right? 11? There you go. Um, that kind of had the same deal. You could beat the game and you beat the final boss, but not really the final boss. You go back and you do it again, and then you beat the game. Do it um, again. Yeah, literally, like the JRPG classic. Hey, you beat the guy, but there's another guy, and he's worse, so j- j- do it again. Kill God. And I- I'm wondering if this one does it. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, just because it's a classic JRPG. Like, the first one did it. Fuck it. Just recycle. Listen, they they start with the tropiest of tropes. You know, you are a sailor washed up mysteriously on a shore. Oh, my God, the wind crystal has responded. You are a warrior of light. Uh, What a... What a, what a... What happened, Stance? Pulling the pulling the anchor one day, and then a crystal comes in and goes, "You're a warrior." Well, I'm like, dude, I just literally, I'm just trying to earn a living here. I don't want, that. I don't want this. I really don't want this. And they're like, "Nah, it's too late. You're, you're in it." Oh, sorry, man. You're uh, going on an adventure. <laughs> Please, no. Sorry, buddy. You're going on an adventure. You have to risk your life. It's like I really don't want this. I, like, they but go um, the, they go the extra mile with cutesy animations in this that I always like. Uh, like on the overworld map, there's a day and night cycle, and enemies are more active at night. And you pull out a little lantern when you're on the map at night to like light your way, and everything has a cool look to it. Um, 
I really just wish that this, uh, I really hope in the future to the Octopath Traveler style. I just want that to be adapted for everything. Like, I like the style of Rayleigh Default, too, where it's not bad. I just want the Octopath Traveler style to be just about on everything else. It's a JRPG. That, it's perfect. That, that almost, like, diorama-y 2.5D sort of thing. That's the sort of look they're going for in Ayudin Chronicles, that uh, Sukoden spiritual successor. And I think it yeah. looks fucking great. I, the second I even saw it, I was like, yes. Because it just looks so clean. And it's still 2D, but it has, like, these kind of, Again, like you were saying, that diorama aesthetic that makes it just look three-dimensional. It's just fun. Um... And you can pull off some really nice sprite work with it. And it just looks amazing when you mix it with your standard classic styles and graphics. It, it's just fun. Um, I don't mind the whole chibi-ish kind of look to what we have now, but I just hope... I know we're getting a with Project Square Triangle Octagon, Hexagon, Supreme. Yeah. That, that's right. also having the same exact style as this, so Project I'm hoping that this one Supreme. also... Uh, there's, a demo yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a demo out for that also, um, if anyone's interested. It is Final Fantasy Tactics. It is Tactics Ogre. They are doing that thing. Uh, I, and it will not come out until next year for sure. So if you like it, all right, I'll see you in a year and a half probably. But yeah, I can't wait till um, I can't wait till more games just adopt those. I think it's a great style. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just something I love if, to if see. You look it's hot candy. If you look in the chat here, this is the, the Iuden Chronicles thing. Um, like the shadowing on that diorama stuff, I always think just looks so great. So cool. Even... um. I mean, dioramas, Paper Mario, even. Yeah. They did dioramas, too, before it was cool. And I loved it. I used to think that was the coolest thing in the world. It's very cool. It's a very cool look. Um, If you don't agree with us, you're wrong. Get out. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Just leave. Um, So, Bravely Default 2, heard it here first. Don't buy it. Terrible. Not good. Uh... Awful. We'll talk more about that at some point. But if you like JRPGs, it's pretty good. I haven't put a ton of time into that one. Um, So we'll we'll, we'll talk about that more uh, as I get more into it. There have been... I don't want to say... There have just been directs. I'm going to call them... I'm I'm, I'm using the direct word to just act as an umbrella because there was a Stony State of Play, Nintendo Direct, Pokemon Direct. Yeah, a lot of announcements of stuff happened. A lot of announcements. Um, Talk about Nintendo Direct first, I guess. Um... Just because that happened the latest? Uh, no, that happened first. All right, the earliest, sorry. My brain's not working. Uh, that was the earliest. Biggest takeaway, I guess, is that there's another Splatoon. Um, Splatoon 3. You heard it here first. Yeah. Here's... Splatoon 3. <laughs> you heard it here first. This is live, hot off the press. Um, uh, this is the first leak that you're going to listen to. This is actually uh, something I wanted to bring up because I was watching that thing live. They show the character creation menu for Splatoon 3. That is one of the most stylish character creation screens I've ever seen. It. I remember I was launching it uh, with my brother and his girlfriend. His girlfriend is extremely... She made the logo, Heather Ramos. And uh, she loves Splatoon. And we were watching it. We were like, oh, it's probably Splatoon. It was the most uh, uncanny kind of character creation that we were not expecting for that type of game. It was just weird. And we were like, oh, man, is this going to be like one of these... Uh, rpgs where you make your character and you just go off into the desert and you start the game and it probably is and you just it, it was a wacky one it was cool it uh yeah it, it has a lot of style they didn't show off too much um no multiplayer plus platoon is always great i am kind of hoping that they do some more interesting single player stuff in this one 
because I like the single player in Splatoon 1 and 2. Like, it's kind of shoved to the back of the game. But there's some, like, novel platforming and stuff in those games. And they were trying to... Well, that's to... why with this one, even with the character creation, I was really hoping... I was like, it looks like they're devoting a little bit of time to giving you that single player experience. Totally. You start it off with the character, way. you start to roam and explore. I'm sure it's going to be a much bigger offering this time than in previous that's versions. I'm, I'm sure the fans wanted it. Yeah, I, I think so. so. Like, uh, the so, fans so have been that... clamoring for this one. Um, I mean, there wasn't anything else really huge from that direct, was there? I mean... Uh, I mean, there was um. Pyra and Mithra are coming to Smash, which is people like um, Xenoblade. So I don't really care I, that much, but cool. I was about to say, I was about to say, who gives a shit? But you know what? I bet a lot of people give a shit. So more power to um, that's fine. Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, Skyward Sword is coming right to the Switch. Yeah. Um, I I do kind of care about that because I've. You and I used to talk about Skyward Sword a lot, and by which I mean we used to talk about Groose a lot. Um, I really yes, specifically. I really Skyward Sword gets a bad rap because the, because it sucks. Um, because because <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll thank catch you, you next. Thank week. you for my time. Um, because because the motion controls make it borderline unplayable at times. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I, I'll say this to this day, in the back half of that game, if you can fucking get to it, there's some amazing dungeon design. Um, yeah, I was going to say, the biggest strength in that game is actually the dungeon design and the boss fights were a lot of fun. They really except were. Except the ones with Prince Ghirahim. Those make me want to That one was terrible. Those are all terrible. That that same spirally work your way down the goddamn mountain and it, terrible. And I always thought when I was playing it, it would change eventually. It never did. No. Um, they, they, it was like that classic cliche, hey, you're going to work your way back to the base of this mountain, but there's going to be more enemies this time. And I'm like, this sucks. And the guy licks your face and then he leaves. And I was like, this is weird, man. I'm like, such, this is a weird game. It's so strange. I was so horny. Um, uh, the, the, the point of it is they fixed it. You can still play it with motion control using the joy cons. Um, but you can also play it with a normal controller and use the right stick, uh, to control like the trajectory of your sword slashes. So they did it. They've, they yeah. figured out a way to make that playable. Um, I actually knowing that cannot wait to try and get through Skyward Sword again because I, I, I know there's good stuff in there. It's just, it's bogged down by that fucking motion control stuff that just sucks. I thought it was interesting because, um, I, I'm forgetting the name of the director who blatantly came out and was like, Hey, no breath of the wild two news, which is something that did happen. And I don't get it. So that's fine. But, um, I think, or at least a thought crossed my mind where the, cause I was questioning why skyward sword, and they did bring it up in that trailer, uh, how fans of Breath of the Wild would be familiar with the stamina bar and some of that uh, mechanics oh. in that game. And I was wondering... Crafting systems, yeah. A lot of that's... It's the same Yeah, and I was thinking they probably did it because fans would... Cor or people would correlate that with Breath of the Wild, maybe feel more approached with it, and just have a nice little mo uh, motion controller for the people who never got to play it with the Wii. They'd probably be more inclined to buy that that for new audiences who are used to breath of the wild than say those who know skyward sword and were like absolutely fucking not like i'm not doing yeah. it um so i was thinking that's probably to drive in new audiences of the poor fans of breath of the wild that makes the most sense to me i still don't 
quite understand out of the entire library why that yeah why that well that was actually the least likely candidate that i thought because i didn't think they were going to do the work to put in the motion controls and i didn't even think that they would put in the button joystick controls for the uh well the switch lights well they introduced the switch lights they basically had to but here's here's my thought process is this year is Zelda's 35th, it's Mario's 35th, it's Metro's 35th. I think something else will still come Zelda, because they said they would have more to talk about Breath of the Wild later in the year. I think we'll get a direct focus around that, while there will probably be some other collection or something. Um, so I'm just going to use this opportunity to tell them what I would like. Um, we will take, for the Switch, we will take Wind Waker, um, and we will take A Link to the Past in the style of the Link's Awakening remake. Thank you. Thank you very much, and our demands must be met. Thank you. Um, you can have that too with by April. That'd be great. I, I really just I think Wind Waker is the easiest title, and this is me as the biggest Majora's Mask whore on the planet. I really think you could just always deliver Wind Waker, and it would always print money for you. You, you, know I, you don't even need to do anything at this point. Just keep replicating and porting the, the game, and people are just going to buy it. You know what I even take? Just do it. You know it's a great collection that you could put on yeah. uh, Switch, uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask 3D. Put them, put, put them the whole, put them, put them together. Those 3DS versions and put them on Switch. They should do um a Mario collection of that and just throw them on there. And they'd be, I mean, they wouldn't because they know they can make their. I know, I know, I know that Nintendo knows they could just release Ocarina and Majora's Mask separately. I know they well, know that, yeah. and they're going to do that. They're going to do the Master Quest versions, and I know they're going to do it. But if they could release a collection of it, slap a $60 on it, people are going to buy it. It doesn't the, matter. The funny thing is, when you talk about like Skyward Sword being unlikely, then you're like, where was it for you on your list of Zelda stuff you thought they announced? It'd be like, it was right below, um, here's a from the ground up remake of Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. <laughs> yeah, I was actually expecting, after Link's Awakening released, I was even thinking, I'm like, I wonder now if they're actually going to bother coming out the oracle of ages and seasons in the style because they could literally use the same that would be great. kit they could literally use the same assets and all they would need to do is change the game slightly with npcs and bosses but they could literally use the same kind of graphics and assets. if anything i'd imagine they'd be more than more likely to do link to the past in that um yeah style and i would like i said earlier i would i'd gladly buy that like i I bought that Link's Awakening fucking day one. I think I beat it that weekend. Like I always wonder with these types of games, too, if they do these as tests. Not just tests, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do it because we're devs and we can just make this shit happen and then we'll see. It's more of like, hey, we'll do Link's Awakening because it's a passion project of ours. We always want to remake it. But now that it was so massively, I don't want to say massive, but it was very successful. Um I'm sure they look at this and just say, well, why don't we just do Link to the Past now? Like, why don't we just do the other Game yeah. Boy titles and just revamp them using yeah. the same assets? We have the engine to do it. Like, well, Yeah, exactly. Just put them in, change it up, and you have a brand new game that you can slap $60 on every single time. And they're low play times. They're not... I mean, Link to the Past arguably is the longest, but Oracle of, of Ages of and those, Seasons? Yeah. No. Like, Link's Awakening is not long. Like you said, you beat it in like a setting. It's not long. Um, no, it's, yet they it's, can get away with charging 60 bucks for that easy if they wanted to. The thing is, like, Link's Awakening is not long. It's just, it's weirdly obtuse. And if I didn't, like, remember that game from my childhood, like, particularly I'm talking about that whole, like, item trading sequence that yeah, has, yeah, yeah. has no logic or meaning to it whatsoever. 
No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, so Skyward Sword is coming out, so that's fine. They, they, they had another, they had a couple of other announcements from Nintendo Direct that I personally didn't really care about, but... There was nothing major. For, um, I mean, I think we covered no. the, the bigger swaths. Um, a few days after that, uh, Nintendo had a second presentation for Pokemon's 35th, um, which came with two announcements, um, one of which I want to talk a little bit more about than the other. First one was one that's been rumored for a while, which was uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes are coming to Switch later this year. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. The internet is shitting all over the look of them. I think they look just <laughs> fine. <laughs> The internet uh, is absolutely up in arms about everything. They are y- pissed. I think they're okay. You know what? It's one of those one of those things where they're just mad that it doesn't look like Sword and Shield, and I'm the person in the back going, "Guys, Sword and Shield looks like shit." Um, yeah, uh, it, it, I. It's not that crazy to me. I thought they looked fine. I, they they look kind look of like okay. Link, Link the Link's Awakening remake. Uh, while we're on the subject. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they're the same size of the regular games. It's not like anything's... It's because they want... Yeah, they want what they just had. Yeah. Um, it's li- literally people keep sharing those those memes of... Uh, it's like the, the Nintendo fan crying, like, but I don't want Diamond and Pearl remakes. Then why did you ask for it? Yeah, it's like they didn't make it just to make it. They know that there's a market for it, so people are gonna buy. I like Diamond and Pearl when it came out. Yeah, so did I. I'm, I'm probably gonna end up playing that. Like it's it's been long enough. Um, but the more interesting one is that that's being handled by a separate studio. Uh, this is the game Game Freaks working on, which is uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, I believe is the title. Yeah. Um. Which, yep. Which Legends of Arceus or something? Which yeah. is expected to hit Switch in 2022. This is a totally different looking game. Um. It's uh, a lot of people are calling it, and I, I'm going to count myself among them. Breath of the Pokemon. Uh, it is an open world game set in the Sinnoh region of the Pokemon universe. I think about 300 years before any of the other Pokemon games. Uh, and through through some digging, I've been able to do about info they released. The plot is about like it's it's set in like feudal times, and you are constructing the first Pokedex. But it it is this like living, breathing ecosystem. You can just kind of, like, stalk Pokemon in tall grass and throw Pokeballs at them to catch them. There's some form of, like, turn-based battling that they said is similar to the mainline games. But uh, they didn't show any UI in that trailer. It's, yeah, because it, it's, it, it's not ready yet. Yeah, no, but, uh, I mean, I'm just interested to see them trying something that's clearly different. Like, I, I think that's neat. I, even if it's... It's so funny because you really can't you can't you can't get any more divisive than Pokemon fans. But I'm glad they're trying new things too. It's not a bad thing in any capacity. If they even you're looking at the history of Pokemon, a lot of the fun stuff that they had were sometimes out of their more ambitious projects, like say even Pokemon Snap, even though it's a completely different type of game. Um, so the fact that they're kind of taking a Breath of the Wild approach with this, even if it's not a one-to-one Pokemon game, which I have a sneaking suspicion it may not be. It's just not going to be that kind of game in its heart. Um, well, the, it'll the, probably be a lot of fun. It'll probably be interesting. 
Well, the thing fans are already going to get mad about um, initially is the game. Is gonna... <laughs> it's like, well, I'm glad you said that. They're already pissed. Well, well, no, no. Here's the thing: I they're going to get mad about. I'm sure when Nintendo finally says it. I can't imagine there's more than 200 Pokemon in this game. I, I, that, that's exactly what I mean. There's not. It's, this is not going to be the case where it's a type of game where it will be a full-fledged like oh here's all these pokemon just have there's them. just too many it, it just there's like 800 pokemon be. now and to make them in the style it doesn't make sense like it's no, too much it's assets just... to use for it and it's not enough that time that they and they're going to uh say that the team was lazy yeah if they already are oh my god um the thing i which find I love. Immediately, I love which they showed when they were demoing this is um i like the fact that we've gotten to the point where when you make a pokemon offshoot like this they just mishmash starters from all over the place uh yeah like, they're like a, here's a charmander and a the penguin the, the starter options in this i believe are um cyndaquil oshuat and uh fuck i don't remember which grass type it is but it's another like random as hell like from x whatever generation uh the correct choice is cynical ah i see now it, it would be totodile but well totodile is not an option here um i know well he should be i actually off you know what's funny is like i say cynical is the clear choice here i just think johto's got a great lineup of starters because i typically go totodile and johto not because i necessarily i like cynical also but I'm much more afraid mm-hmm. of my ri- rival having Totodile. Because if I take Cyndaquil, he'll take Totodile and raise him to be evil. This is true. But if I take that Totodile... Is, that is the way that... That is the sacrifice that you are making. But if I take Totodile, Cyndaquil stays in the lab and he'll be fine. These is it worth are... it? It's worth it. <laughs> is it worth it? <laughs> it's worth it. are the things that keep me up at night. <laughs> like, is uh, it worth it though? And the, the, the last uh, sort of big event that happened is sony did a state of play um that had some cool stuff going on uh they were basically just showing off games that are coming later in the year um and updates for stuff like that uh final fantasy 7 remake is getting a free ps5 upgrade for people that own it and there is new content a coming in june uh in a an episode uh that is yuffie themed uh, I believe it, it takes place concurrently with the story from FF7 Remake Part 1, but it is Yuffie in Midgar and what, what she was up to during this time, which I, I talked to you about this a little privately. I, I'm glad they're doing stuff like this, mostly because I think the, the stuff this game does best or, or has done best is when they're like fleshing out the story more and they're thinking about that world and going, well, what was X character doing at X time? I think they'll come out with one more with Kate Seth. If Kate Sith's not somehow involved in this or seen somewhere, because yeah, we do know Kate Sith was in Midgar. Well, because they were seen, he was seen in Midgar. Yeah. The the only reason I I think maybe they won't do that is because do you think they're trying to preserve the mystery of who is controlling Kate Sith? It depends on how they make it. It depends on how they structure the episode. Honestly, yeah, they could I... do a story. They could do a story where it's just Kate they, Sith and they could, could do not tell where... anything until later. You're right. They could do a story where you're Kate Sith and you're just kind of taking orders over a radio and you don't really know who's pulling the strings. Yeah, they they could. I mean, even I was even thinking, are they even? Get, I know they won't, but I was even thinking, man, they could just totally make a Vincent episode if they wanted and just play it off as something else. It, well, uh, I, they have the option now to change things up. It's their world 
to recreate seven in a different light so it's entirely possible for them to take as much liberties as they want to at this well, point to it's clear they're, they're doing it. their best to acknowledge like the stuff on the outside like weiss was in this trailer um weiss for anyone yeah. familiar, is the villain of dirge of cerberus uh so clearly they're, they're leading into stuff like that but uh there were a lot of uh, Final Fantasy announcements among this. One of the more interesting ones was Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, uh, which is coming to phones, which is basically... Basically what happened here is Square Enix realized they were trying to get people in on a story that have no way of getting the whole story at this point. So they're releasing this sort of condensed, almost Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition-esque-looking game that tells the full story of Final Fantasy VII start to finish. That's, like, all of its side stuff. So, uh, before Crisis, um, Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerberus, all of that. Yeah, and, and on your phone. that also blows it wide open just for possibility. Um, yeah. I think, I, rem- I remember reading that somebody was saying they look like Weiss in the background was just in the simulation fighting room. So maybe he's just going to be a simulation to fight be. just as an Easter egg, just to have. I was like, okay, that's cool. He's he's got katana because I because the first well, the first thing I was thinking was like, oh fuck no, like don't, don't do this, don't put in people from Dirge of Cerberus. Let me just go away from that as much as possible. I was not oh. a fan. I just wanted it to be forgotten. Are you really eager for the first time on screen? Because I I mean I I don't know if you know this actually. I know I know this, but I still say it wrong anyway. Are people going to be? Floored? Not supposed to be. No, 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 no. Are are people going to be floored the first time they hear it pronounced properly? Uh, Katshish, Yeah, it would. I usually just like saying Kate Sith. Yeah, so do I, because that's how it's fucking spelled, and I ain't saying that. Yeah, I just like saying Kate Sith. Yes. Um, Unless I, like I going, know for actually, a fact, Katshish. People are going. People are going to. People are going to think they know, and then they're going to think something's going on with the pronunciation, and they're going to play it back again, making sure they heard it right, and that will be the name. Yes. I go, no, that cat's People are going to get confused. That cat's not just too Scottish. That's the proper pronunciation. Like, that is how you say it, and uh, you're just going to have to sit there and accept it. And it's kind of like go, how uh, also I heard Biggs the Cat for the first time for his voice acting. I was just kind of uh, taken aback. You were like, what's going it's on? It's like all cat characters have their moment where it's going to be a little weird. And also for people who didn't watch the film or play Dirge of Cerberus, yes, Cat Sheath is incredibly Scottish. Yes, yes. And also do not play Dirge of Cerberus. I would not it's, recommend it. That's my it. advice to you. That is my advice to you to save you time and I don't know. let Eric. me suffer for the time I can't get back. There's a part where Vincent turns into a werewolf and then attacks a helicopter. It's pretty I cool. have to say... I have to say, I've already seen, like I was telling you with Yuffie's outfit, they've already made several Dirge of Cerberus references, not even with Weiss Direct. And let me tell you something, I have a feeling that there are a lot of people at that studio, at Square Enix, who really like Dirge of Cerberus. Because nobody else, nobody would make so many references to this game without I, even liking it. I watched a replay of Dirge of Cerberus recently. That gameplay is atrocious. There's not nothing to... Yeah. to there, there's there's salvageable stuff there. Also, Yuffie is a big part of the Dirge of Cerberus story, so that makes sense to a certain degree. Um, yeah, no, ba- that part, mate. It's just referencing Dirge of Cerberus in any capacity outside of that. It's just like, all right, like having Whis in it, it's like, okay, this is okay. Just let it happen. This is fine. Um, listen, they'll get to It's the- literally like a, in any other Kingdom Hearts game where you see like there's references to some other thing. You're like, okay, like this is fine. Like this, this is- guy was in five other games ago. All right. Yeah. All right. 
um, <laughs> on top of uh, that last other Final Fantasy bit, this was announced outside of the stream. Uh, First Soldier, which was a uh, another patent they put out for Final Fantasy VII recently, and people were like, oh, is it a spinoff game about Sephiroth? What could it be? No, idiots. It's a Battle Royale game on your phone. <laughs> I, when I was watching the trailer for it, just seeing the words Final Fantasy Battle Royale seemed like a fever dream that you just did not want to... We were screenshotting it like when the Joker said this is society in the Zack Snyder trailer. Because uh... it's it's a meme. It, it's This is exactly the type of things where you're just saying make everything Battle Royale. And it even got to Final Fantasy. Like, this is it. it, it it's kind of wild. And it's a mobile game, of all things. Yeah, this is, uh, this is what we've been waiting for. Uh, this is the mo- the thing that I find so stupid about that being a mobile game is like, yeah, this is stupid, but if you put it on a computer or on a console, I'd actually try it. Yeah, exactly. The fact that, don't you have phones? The fact that, um, don't you guys have phones? they're putting it on mobile, it, it kind of just killed any interest I even had in it. Cause at first I was thinking, okay. And then I was like mobile only and immediately killed any joy I had for anything. I just yeah, didn't it was, want it uh... to be. It was very weird. Um, beyond that, there was a uh, a new trailer for De- uh, for Death Loop from Deja Vu. I think that game still looks really good. Still, every single thing I see from that game still looks great. I'm still incredibly hyped to play that. It, it, it looks like just such a fun game. They also showed gameplay from Returnal, um, which I want to ask you a question because maybe you and I were the ones talking about this. Yeah. A lot of people seem to be surprised that it's a roguelike. I thought we knew it was. I thought we already knew that. It's not the entire. I thought that was the entire premise of the game. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not mistaken there. Like, I was gonna. No. Say... I thought. I thought it was pretty abundantly clear from the trailers that you're supposed to die and then do it again. Yeah. That's. Like the... they, it's in the name. That's okay. Yes. Exactly. But that. I think that game's got a cool sci-fi edge to it that still looks cool. Um, Kenna, that game still look, looks pretty as hell. I'm very. That game, that. graphically, looks like the best game, out of the lot. It that, looks that, really nice. That is what, like, looking at that, I'm like, yes, that is next gen. I like this is me comprehending next generation games. Yeah, I'll even be honest. I don't really have a lot of interest to play it, but it looks beautiful. It's a great looking game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, another announcement is cool. Oddworld Soulstorm is out April 6th, and it's going to be a PlayStation Plus launch. Um, I wonder how they actually. I wonder how they assess when they're just going to throw a lump sum at the developing team and just release it for PS Plus. I think Sony in particular has a really good relationship with uh, Lauren Lanning and the Oddworld Studios. Uh, And I also think uh, the Abe's Odyssey remake did really well for them. So I I think that probably has something to do with it. I'm also just curious to see if, um, like, say with Destruction All-Stars, for example, uh, they, they were not going to charge $70 for that game. Oh, but um, that, that's been announced, by the way. I meant to put that in the notes. Uh, that game well, is going to be $20. That's insane. Yeah, it's going... If that's you want, actually insane. If you don't have PS Plus and you want to buy Destruction All-Stars, it's going to be $20. That's insane. 20 bucks from its 70 It was 70 originally. It was going to be 70 I think that's the smart move. Um, it is a smart going... move. I'm wondering if they're going to do the same, but I'm always curious to see, like, say for a uh, Soulstorm, did they only want it to be a PS Plus title because maybe they did a cost analysis and thought it'll end up being better for them to pay be paid in lump sum 
then release their game into Could the be. wild. Uh, I don't know how much Soulstorm because it is a, it is kind of a niche title. I know I know Abe's Odyssey actually sold really well, but it's a niche title at this point. Well, yeah, Oddworld's niche. Oddworld has its place with like gamers of our generation. I think if any Oddworld game is posed to do well, it's probably this one because Abe's Odyssey is the most well regarded. I think of the Oddworld yeah. games, and this is a direct sequel to Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, Munch's Odyssey. I remember was the weird one. That was the one that was really pushed as an Xbox launch title. Weirdly enough, you remember that? Yeah, it was like yeah. that in oh, yeah. Halo. Yep. Munch's Odyssey, though crazier. I remember. Very very weird game. Um, but yeah, so now that's gonna be PS Plus. That's pretty cool. And Elden Ring had a trailer that leaked online. It was filmed on a phone from the Bush administration. Um, yeah. While being. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It was really grainy, and I there's a lot of debate right now as to whether or not it's real. But I heard um, Miyazaki canceled it. I mean, yeah, apparently anything from it's a fake trailer to Miyazaki personally calling somebody Miyazaki, and texting them, I'm, "Hey I'm, man, a man, it's who has canceled." Nothing to do with this game. Yeah, the, the man who literally was saying, "Please stop bothering me. I am not a part of this." Uh, even him personally calling people and saying, "Hey, I'm on the ground floor right now. They just can't. They just can't it." Like, tell everybody you know. Just Elden tell, Ring's been canceled. Tell, tell everybody you know. Any news out Elden Ring has been canceled. I got the inside scoop and I gained nothing from this. So I'm like, all right. Um, but yeah, they released a little grainy-ass trailer. And if it is real, I don't care. But apparently there's been some development delays internally. So I'm sure it's not going to be coming out until late 2022. Um, I'm still excited as hell for that game. If anything was even remotely real from what I saw in the trailer, I'm pretty down with it because I saw like horseback riding and a bunch of other shit, and that seemed pretty cool. Um, I'm sure that there's. I still know of... next to nothing about this game, and I would that, like to. That's the thing. So. Like, uh, yeah, no. People keep telling me that, like, yo, Elden Ring is one of the games I'm most looking forward to this generation, and I keep going, why? I have no proof because that it's a video game. It's the because it's the clout. This is this is this is why clout is so powerful. You, you literally put from software and anything. I'll buy it. I don't give a shit. I'll do it, like, and I know it'll be good. I'll buy it, but also like I don't feel any excitement for it because I have no frame of reference for what it is at this point. Every time I, I do agree with you. Anytime anybody's like, I need to hear more about it, and I'm thinking, oh, they release something that's getting people hyped up, and they still show the the old teaser from like two yeah. years. I'm like, this is the same shit that I just Yo, saw before. Like, check, you know, check this shit. It's Misaki saying like, "Yo, it, like, imagine." Like, Please, he goes. He goes. George hasn't called me in months. Get out of my house. Imagine like somebody releases a botched audio recording that sounds like it was also recorded with the phone from the Bush administration, and uh, it's just literally going, "Yo, it's me." Like in the most American voice possible, "Yo, it's me." It's Aki. The whole thing's canned, bro. Like it's canned. It's it's me, Jason. Tell them it's all over. Tell them it's all over. I called George. George called me, and I'm telling you, it's over. Like, George decided he didn't want to do it. We, um, we talked about it. Also, Winds of Winter is canceled. <laughs> My God. We, we, we oh. got a build of the game going, and it was just too bomb. You know, the world's not ready for it. Yeah, so take what you will from that, though. I think any Elden Ring news is hilarious. Um, oh, Sony is sunsetting Japan Studios. That's yeah. rough. It appears that way. Um, they haven't officially mentioned it, but people on the inside have said as much. And some of the major players of that studio have been leaving over the past few months. I am. And for reference, for those who may not be aware, I mean, these guys 
were part of Gravity Rush, Last Guardian. Like they've been a part of a good amount of titles that you the... probably played and loved. I, I I'm not ready to let go of Japan Studio, Eric. I, every time there's a, a state of play, I'm like, here, it's coming, Japan Studio. We're rebooting Ape Escape. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I was about to say, there's only one thing. If that is true, that means that we need a Hail Mary. If I was the art director, if I was one of the main art directors for this, I would have been like, we need a Hail Mary. We need to reboot Ape Escape and just let it go. Just let the money print. They, they could do it. This is... I need to know about the inner workings of how these businesses run because if I was the CEO of Japan Studios, for example, I'd be like, guys, ape, escape, escape. throw it in, ship it. Not even, not even the original. They do pumped and primed. Knowing them, they would fuck, they would fuck it up anyway. And they'd be like, yo, uh, we got a real treat for you guys. Um, it's ape escape. Everyone cheers. Oh, it's pumped and primed. And everyone's like, uh, why? And I love that game. And I'm like, I have, why? I have an ape escape adjacent story for you uh, from recently. I was sure. feeling some ape escape recently, right? Uh, I okay. have Ape Escape. As, as everybody usually does every yeah, yeah. five years. I, I have Ape Escape 2 uh, from when they released it on the PS4. The best one. So yeah. I, I downloaded it on my PS5. And okay. I had to do some digging after some weird shit started happening. So I looked this up. Ape Escape 2, the PS4 version, um, is listed on the list of quote-unquote bootable PS5 games. Not playable, bootable. Which means when you fire mm-hmm. fire it up, a message comes up that says, "Hey, you may experience some problems when trying to run this game on your PS5." It runs, it's playable, but textures are just popping in and out like crazy. It is like it's just an emulation running that PS4 version. So for whatever reason, the PS5 emulating a PS4 emulating a PS2 like bugs the fuck out. I love it. It's kind of how it, it makes little to no sense. It's fucking bonkers. I I love all of it. And I want more. I If that's not a sign to do more Ape Escape, I don't know what is. I don't know why we've been sleeping on more Ape Escape. Like do people Because Ape people Escape just don't is like money. really fucking good, my man. Like get Spike back. Get me a stun club, you know what I'm saying? Get me the time net. We're going to the Mayan ruins. I just think that you could do a lot of things, like even say with the controller of the PS5, you could do a lot of cool things with that now. The haptic feedback, I mean, cool. Absolutely. Like, and that was what it was the showpiece for. Like, Ape Escape was the showpiece yeah. for the DualShock, for the original DualShock. Exactly. You could do a lot of fun things with it, but whatever. Well, Japan Studio, if that is true, God bless. You were cool. You, uh, yeah, you gave us some very I loved cool, all your shit. Some very cool games. So if you really are... Uh shuddering I, ho- I hope the talent there finds a-, a good place to land because that is gravity rush and gravity rush 2 are both amazing uh yeah they, they that is one I, that is actually one title i really wish that they just re-released anyways put back on totally um and uh i think we both and a lot of people a lot of people in our age group i think have a have a, a very soft spot for ape escape i I'm surprised more people, well, because you can't, because there's no recent iterations of it. I think it'd be really popular with a lot of people. It's literally just catching monkeys. It's nothing, dude. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the premise is so fucking simple. It's anime monkey capture. Yeah, that's that's it. I release a collection. I bet you you get some. See, this is why. Also, the soundtrack, why. the Ape Escape soundtrack, is fucking mint. Let's get Blue Point to do it. Let's get him to do it. Like, Remake Blue done. Point. Yeah, you know what. Give us a dual pack. That's something we could remake, like we've been doing with Spyro and Crash. Ape Escape One and Two. There you go, done. Easy. 
Just reuse everything. Fucking easy. Um, Never forget the setup for Ape Escape 2 is Spike goes to the lab and he's supposed to use the matter transporter to send new pants to the monkeys and he accidentally sends the helmets that increase their intelligence. I used to I used to love stupid shit like that all that was the premise of those entire games. And every time I used to think or I met video game writers in the past, they're like, Yeah, I'm the writers for these. I'm like, You wrote this. Like the like the like people used to make these fun ridiculous ass helmets. stories. He's like, Yeah, I wrote this. Yeah, because they know. Like they know what they're doing. They're they're aware of their product. But uh well, imagine- they still can't help themselves. Imagine that, though. Imagine being the guy writing Ape Escape 2, and you're like, what do we need as a hook? Okay, how would the monkeys get the helmets that make them smart back? Yeah, also, it's like uh, 24 hours before the deadline. You wasted all of your time by procrastinating, and you're just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, so the pants, they had to ship the pants, and the teleporter got botched, and um, now, you, now you got monkeys everywhere. My favorite character archetype in the original Ape Escape is your rival, Jake, because his character written is, is a boy so insecure. From State Farm. He's convinced that uh, he should be on the side of the super intelligent monkeys, because they're like, listen, man, we're going to crush the human race, except for you. You're cool. And he just gives a fist bump. Because you're cool. And then, at the, and then he actually, over time genetically modifies himself but yeah we'll see what happens we hopefully japan series isn't close see what happens indeed um that might really be it you got anything else you want to get to uh Eric? no i had a thing about the sinking city uh sinking city said that oh, nakon screwed them on steam so don't yeah, buy that game on steam they've been very vocal about that um sinking city is yeah. actually a pretty cool game uh so i would recommend buying it but go buy it on epic yeah, um, I know that Frog's Wares got screwed. I, th- I think they still have an outstanding million-dollar suit that they are entitled to uh, from Nacon, or at least not that they're entitled to, but it's still an active litigation. And I don't know. The, that game's had a re- really weird cycle, and I feel bad for the devs because th- that must suck. But um, yeah, don't buy it from there. Go buy it from somewhere else. Go, go buy your Lovecraft detective game somewhere else. Yeah, please, please do. Well, that's really it from my side, too. Alright, cool. Um, well, that being said, I'm going to get out the broom here. Uh, housekeeping. And housekeeping. My uh, favorite. Thank you for hanging out with us. Big thank you to Heather Ramos for our artwork and Ed Paquette for our intro. Ask his questions, Podcast at gmail.com. But until those questions come rolling in, Eric, where can we find you? Uh, just on Twitter, at beautiful underscore Eric. That's it. And you can find really anywhere else. me also on the Twitters at the Richmaster yeah. Zero, as well as my other home at swordchomp.com and in your DMs asking for oh. <laughs> asking, asking for, for, the, for the the good stuff. For ape escape screenshots. Eric, let's get the fuck of out of here. <laughs> Bye everybody.